and welcome to Mike's Cast for the hosts, Mike and Shaft. Wait a second. Who's missing tonight? Yes, there's only two. Is, I got is, is I, I, back on hiatus again. Oh, oh, who knows? I got uh, a text straight up at nine o'clock. You know, at exactly nine p.m. Right, right when we're supposed to be on the air. And- a text that says something came up and I cannot record. And, uh, you know, you know what it is. It's he's too busy with all his other shows still. So, well, I don't. You know, Tuesday night's a teaching night, so I don't know if what came up was has to do with oh, his other his side gigs. So who knows? Do we, have, do we have a midterm final going on here? Uh, not in February. Those are usually midterms. Are usually like January, no? No, right. because uh, the start of the college year for the college semester for the school he's at starts what, January 3rd or something like that, and finishes in May, so... We're All right, so then midterms were in December, <laughs> if it starts okay. in January. Um, okay, so what are we going to do? We're going to, uh, well, let's let's be honest, we'll probably have a shorter show today. We, we ask that at every show. What are we uh, going to do? <laughs> uh, um, so our last, our last show we talked about, uh, Small World, Greg had been the only one to see it. And in the meantime, uh, I've had a chance to take a look. Richard, have you? No. Okay. No, I haven't been on there yet. All right. I've so, been out in front of it, and I've stood in front of it an awful lot and just looked at it, but I haven't been on it yet. So, yeah, I got to write it once because uh, Greg has written it like a bazillion times. Um, I think and he's he trying has to. Lots of pictures. You can see them all uh, on Flickr. He's taking tons of pictures, and he's trying to. Um, I think he video documented it as well, like wrote through it like two or three times, get a couple angles. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I wrote on it. I don't, I didn't understand what the friggin' flap was because the additional dolls are in the same. They look like the dolls that have been there before. So, well, I, so I mean, who it cares? still fits right within the small world theme of everything. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I, I don't know, but that leads me to. Um, you know, in the, in the interest of keeping, <laughs> not keeping, but of um, catching up with the emails from coming up on six, seven, eight months ago, uh, we had gotten an email talking about a sh- our first, let me back up, when the news first broke about them adding characters or Disney characters to Small World, you know, the internet community got their panties in a bunch, so to speak, Right. Oh, a few people got. Yeah, and we had we had done a show about why are people getting all freaked out? No one knows what it's going to be like. Basically, well, I, I think I, if I remember correctly, I when I talked to a couple people, they said, "Yeah, but it's not that big a deal. It's it's going to be the same attraction that you remember, just refreshed." with just a couple add-ons. It's not going to be a major, major change, and that's what I said during the show when I was told. Well, you're right. There were add-ons. There was there was uh, rumors that, in addition to the dolls, they'd change the tune, or the, the counter melodies in those areas would reflect the Disney movie that was being referenced by the additional doll. And I was straining myself to hear any kind of change in music, and I couldn't. So I think that was a bunch of crap. But anyway, uh, back in July. We got an email referring to a show we did in March of 2008. Um, oh, here, where's the bell? 
Uh, quick tangent. Um, we uh, we've been doing this for three years. <laughs> oh, are we on three years now? Oh my god! Well, I guess that makes me two years though. I, I was on and off. That well, first. yeah. You, okay, so what? You're on and off, but the official first show from Micecast dropped in February of 2006. We dropped the official date uh, was February 9th of 2006. Earthquake day. Um, I'm sorry, that was a reference from way back in 1971. Yeah, no, okay, now that's that's not when we recorded it. That's when we actually posted it for, you know, use. Um, yes. But yeah, February 9th, our first show became available to the public. And, wow. And today is February 24th. And um, so, yeah, three years. And we forgot to recognize that the last, <laughs> last couple times we got to get together. Uh, who cares? But so, yeah, three years. And, well, is it really something we should celebrate, or is it something we should be sad about? I don't uh, know. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. I it just um, it's just amazing how much the 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 our attitude and and what we talk about has changed. You know, when we first came out here, we we're ranting about every little misstep, and then Greg took his rants to his own thing, and um, I don't know. It just I don't know. Three years. There you go. Um, so anyway. uh, do, you, do you think we do we think we've softened towards? Were we ranting so much against the company, and now we're kind of ranting in favor of the company, or is it just we're still keeping the same tone on things? We're just the company's kind of adjusted itself on just different courses. Oh no, I don't think the company adjusted. I think we rant on each other more than anything. Um, well, that's why that's the entertainment value to it. I, I, if you listen to some of our first shows, you know we we really. We've kind of lost sight of what we're about. We used to take, we used to be a little bit more. Oh, I don't want to say harsh, but and I don't want to say analytical. I don't know. You just you listen to some of our earlier stuff. I guess our we've gotten soft. <laughs> the edge has gone away. And uh, we're not soft. Oh, come we're on, soft. The edge has gone. I I don't. Know. I think the edge has gone out, and uh, um, and hopefully the mousebuster stuff will. You know, revitalize and help us kind of get back on track. Uh, I, I think we, I think we, I think we've just kind of gotten into the groove of what the show. When we first started with the show, I should say when mostly when you and Greg first started. Oh the show, no, you so were there for the first four or five, and then you just. I was kinda... there for the first few, and then I, I kind of had to take my own little hiatus there for a little bit. But when we first started with the show, yeah, we were. I think overly analytical on some of the stuff. Yeah, Greg has taken that on to Imaginary in My Way, where he's really analyzing and he really pops into the research. I think we've really gotten into the groove of what we wanted it to be, to where we kind of had, we're talking uh, out of our backsides half the time on different subject matter that's just current events of what's happening with uh, the Disney parks and the Disney company in general. And I don't think, I think we're calling it, you know, as Howard Cosell used to always say, we're telling it like it is, but we're just, you know, I, I, when, when something needs to be called out, we're doing it, but, and we're not, we're not backing off on who's, who we're calling out. If if the company doesn't misstep and does something screwy, we're pointing that out. But by the same token, when you have like on the small world caper, where everybody, you had, I don't want to say everybody, you had a handful of very vocal people 
that were just jumping up and down and having kittens and everything about, oh, how dare they change one tone of paint color in that attraction. We, we called them on the carpet and say, first of all, you don't know, well, none of us know until it's done. And second of all, you don't have a right to say it because, well, it's Disney's property. They can still do what they would pretty correct, much dug on. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think we still kind of got the edge. We, we I know Greg brings a, one of the broader, what do you want to say, the, one of the sharper tongues, one of the more acid parts to the show. Asshole yeah, parts, is that what you said? The, the ass part, yes. He brings the <laughs> okay. ass, a, a, ass part to the show. But I think we still have that edge, and I think it's just we've kind of, you know, fell into the groove that we wanted to get into, and we're just we're still keeping our eyes on what's happening. In okay, the, uh, okay no, I'm not saying we're not keeping our eyes. I just think that... that um, I don't know. You know, shows two hours, and and we're we don't ha- we can get our point across. We're better than that. We can get our point across in less than two hours. It's just that some of it, some of our tangents are but too. That's what too, makes too, it so much. Yeah, fun. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, tangents are fun, and and yeah. you know they're they're that it gives us our just a bunch of guys sitting around shooting the breeze, kind of a vibe, but. Oh, we need. Sometimes I just think we need to learn to pull them back. That's all. No, no, we need to. I, I agree. I think we should go to a three-hour show. No, oh, come on. And we okay. Well, we'd we, have to start. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's face facts. We've gone through a really strong winter, and we we have a number of people now that have written into us that they say that they do their exercise routines to our show, and they know halfway through the show it's time to turn around and come back. That's one guy. We give a good three-hour show, man. What workouts we can have yeah. going on there, and we got some. We got some guys that are, you know, overseas and, you know, sitting on board ships. And, well, you, yeah, you, they're on board ships. You gotta admit, when you're not on duty, there's not that. I mean, it, it can Sleep. get kind of boring. Yes, yes, yeah, okay, fine. It, you want to listen to something that's not the same thing over and over again. So yeah, a four-hour format show would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> once a month. <laughs> No, we I, yeah. I know. I get the, we get more people telling us to not talk so much than we get people. Anyway, um. So yeah, uh, where was I going? Oh, an email we got in in July about a show we did of two thousand eight about a show we did in March of two thousand eight. The March the show he was referring to is the Leaving a Legacy, and part of that we're run that by more time again. The name of the show in March of 2008 was called Leaving a Legacy. And I'll read to you the show notes for Leaving a Legacy. But it was um, how well does it take care of its legacy? And um, prior to that, uh, we did Small World Small Talk uh, where we talked about the recent discovery that what Disney plans to do with Small World. Um See, that was only one hour and 25 minutes. Uh, anyway, w- with only one F-bomb. Can you believe that? Anyway, so when we're in in reference to those two shows, we got an we email. We've gotten better on the F-bombs, I think. Oh, yeah. We, we don't do that near as much. Still, it's good, still, it's still a they good still solid have, They still have their place. I, I don't, you know, it's the gratuitous use. That, and, and it's still a good damn solid R, R rating. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't want to lose that. Um, all right, so let me read this email because 
we're still working on cleaning the emails up from way back when. All right, so it comes from Jonathan Keith. And Jonathan Keith has a 214 phone number. So I have to stop and Google 214 area code because I want to know where that is. So everybody can go hunt down his well, I'm house. Not, I'm not giving him the whole friggin' phone number. <laughs> All right. And apparently 214 is Dallas, Texas. Okay. At least it's a good size to So Jonathan Keith in Dallas, Texas. Send us an email. Um, hey, guys. Excellent show. I really enjoy getting to hear some good information slash banter about all things Disney. It is especially nice that it comes from former slash current cast members who have firsthand experience with what is being discussed. I was listening to the Leaving a Legacy show dated March 27, 2008 today and was struck by how nuts the Blair family was over the artwork for Small World. My own personal opinion aside, which is bulldoze the thing and start over with something new for the love of all that is good and holy. Oh, you and Greg. So he and, yeah, he and Greg are two peas in a pod there. The family has really lost sight of the fact that any art created by anyone on behalf of the Disney company was compensated for the work, either as a contractor or an employee, and thus the art is the property of the Disney company to use and dispose of as they see fit. It is not like the family's getting royalty payments for every ride through or anything. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Holy cow. <laughs> Take some pictures, make a nice scrapbook of your memories of the ride, and move on with life. Sorry to sound so unsemental, but come on. Uh, okay, it's okay. Enough t- of talking about a topic that is three months old now. Excuse me, a year old. <laughs> Just had to give my two cents. Thanks again for a great show, guys. Please keep up the good work or the lack thereof. According to claim that you not, do not put any planning into the shows. Thanks, Jonathan Keith. All right, so oh, let me I drag this into the red email bucket. And uh, again, the reason we're, we're reading this and bringing it up is that the changes have come out. And really, the changes of the small world are none. Well, they're there, but I think they don't. They don't detract from the attraction at all. They, they. I personally think they enhance. It's, it's a, like changing a pink light gel to a fuchsia light gel. I, I, I mean, that's about how much difference I think is. Yeah, and and it's clean. I mean, the inside of that attraction is clean, dust free. It's bright. The um, we watched the the little doll parade at the top of the hour, and those dolls glistened in the sun like you wouldn't believe. I mean, they're bright and shiny. They look brand new. Um, everything inside the attraction was redone, and the four or five places where they put some reference to a Disney movie, it it fit in. I, I yeah, I, I, and all, I think it does really well. You got the, the Aladdin there and the. Uh, Arabian Nights area. You got. I, mean, I thought when I saw uh, Jose Donald, and I can never remember the third bird's name. Jose Carioca Donald and. <sighs> yeah, thank you. See, I can never remember. But anyways, you got the three caballeros there in the uh, South American, which I thought was just. I had to start laughing because that was exactly the whole purpose of the Three Caballeros characters was when uh, Walt uh, was trying to do a friendship tour to South America during World War II, trying to keep, even though most of South American countries at that time were neutral, they wanted we wanted them to 
stay neutral, leaning to our side of the war effort. And that was the whole purpose of the three Caballeros. Now they're a permanent fixture part of the uh, South American scene. I thought that, I started laughing when I saw that. That just, to me, it just kind of struck a chord as that fit really well. Oh, yeah. Did it really? It really did. I swear it did. All right. But, anyways. Uh, Ponchito. Ponchito, you you Googled again. You're doing research. <laughs> no, actually, I, uh, I know Greg had labeled his photos. So it was quicker oh, to go. Geez. It was quicker to go to the Flickr stream and find it. That's that's still uh, Jose Carioca down like a Ponchito, and Ponchito's the chicken. Yeah. All right. Um. So yeah. So thank you, uh, Jonathan. You know, that- um, Go ahead. You were reading that, and you were talking about the, the Blair family, talking about the artwork. It made me remember, remind me of a, a story that uh, Bob Gurr told about the facade work of It's a Small World, the facade that we have at Disneyland. And would you say that would be classic, just from your experience, that, that the look that they have at the facade of It's a Small World is a very classical design that I just kind of strikes those memory cords that, hey, that's the way it always should look. What are you talking about? The white? Uh, the white and the little spinning pinwheels and this and that. The, other the, the geometric that, shapes there kind of... Right. If they change that, that you're destroying a whole bunch of little art, you know, a, a segment of artwork that would that just was a part of It's a Small World. The reason I laid up on that was because Bob Gurr, when he was talking about trying to design some of it, he was telling the story that they were put, they had this together, and it just wasn't looking like there was enough to it. They, they had the basic design that they wanted, but it still looked kind of plain and kind of boxy, and they kept trying to add stuff to it. And they only had like about 30 minutes or so, you know, very short time before they were supposed to present their ideas to Walt. And so he happened to take a look at a couple little paper doilies that their cups, their coffee cups had been sitting on, <laughs> sitting there. And they quickly just grabbed some gold paint and just sprayed them real fast and just tacked them right onto the facade work to add them. And Walt comes in and goes, I like it. And he proved it, and that's the way it was. And you take a look at it, you could see those are little gold doilies that were that are sitting up there. But that's where they came from. And when they're talking about all the artwork that was involved, that you're just destroyed it all. All the artwork was a couple guys that just didn't feel what? it looked like it had enough. They grabbed some coffee doilies and threw them up on. Yeah, you know, um, uh, a lot of architecture. Okay, Greg B or may not agree with this, but um, I know. If you go through a, a full-blown architecture program, they try to teach you how to see uh, shapes and everyday things, right? Right. Um, well, that's basic art. I have, I have a brother-in-law who was going through the architecture program at Cal Poly in Pomona. And one of their homework assignments was, you know, construct a cylinder. And everybody in the class failed because they try to make a cylinder out of foam core or, you know, they try to make it out of stuff. When right. he, he said, all you had to do is go get a can of soup, you know, <laughs> co- cover it <laughs> cover it in some flexible covering and give it to me. You know, I mean, seriously, I mean, that, the idea <laughs> was don't overlook 
don't overlook common everyday uh, materials to, um, you know, get you yeah. your shape you need. Don't overanalyze it. Yeah, yeah, that too. Don't don't complicate it. Kiss it, man. Kiss it. So, all right. So there, there's a. Uh, Having some uh, of uh, any any more last I thoughts on the? I have some of America's finest coming over my head right now. America's finest, or yeah, I got some greens coming over. Uh, green shoppers coming over the head right now. Oh, okay. Um, all right, so do we need to say anything else about Small World? I no, mean, I, I think I think we've buried that more than enough. Okay, all right. I just, you know... It, it, it's it's the, reopened. It, it looks great. It's sound... New, brand new sound system. I mean, everything's brand new on there, but brand new sound system, I think it sounds nice and clean in there, and as you said, the, the music's the same, just sounds cleaner. Yeah, I... I couldn't, uh, there was, excuse me, there's, uh, try not to burp. There was, <laughs> there was talk that, um, uh, they're, they changed the music, so. Well, you know, I think some of it was like, um, remember when they redid the Haunted Mansion a couple of years ago and they put the, the new sound system in the Haunted Mansion and Danny Elfman had come in and had done the music for, the nightmare overlay on Haunted Mansion, and if I remember correctly, they asked him to. He asked if he could go ahead and re-record some of the music to be able to really take the multi-track uh, sound system that they added in there. But he took the same exact music that was originally designed for it. Now, if, whether or not that is the original music, or if they've augmented it a little bit, I could, I don't know. But I understand that they did probably augment some of the music to be able to get the sound system. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they did something similar to Small World where they augmented it. But it's still the same original music to it. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. So, what's next? Oh. I don't know. There's we, a, we were doing the Wayback Machine a well, little there's bit a, there. Yeah, there was a funny email that came in that same day. Um, this guy's busting our chops, so... This is all this kid. <laughs> he had no real point other than to give us some crap. So here, I'll, I'll without so further. Perfectly planted in cheek, I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, okay. I think so. He, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> comes from Bobby. Bobby. Wolf. Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> uh, hey, Mice Cast. While Magic Dem Reigns is the tweeners of the DPN, you must be the geezers. In this latest episode, you talked about how Greg is dying his hair and losing his eyesight, the other guys losing their hair, Shaft falling asleep or crashing at the end to not finish the emails. He asked the question, what was it like to have only one Disney park back in the Stone Age? It was rough when I was a kid in the 80s to only have at Walt Disney World and the Magic Kingdom and Epcot Center as my park hopper pass. I can't imagine even... I can't imagine even imagine... <laughs> I didn't read that clearly. I can't imagine... I can't even imagine Walt holding me as a baby like Shaft does. Did Jesus sign your books also? <laughs> Just being Actually, an... <laughs> uh, I, I, no, not Jesus, but I do remember a Paul. <laughs> Just being Paul an... <laughs> on his journey as stopped by. Just being an ass, but a loyal listener. Laugh out loud. Bobby. All right, Bobby. Bobby. So we got your email, mailed July 1st, 2008. Moved into the red listener mail book. Uh, that's uh, you know I it, 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 me crashing at the end of the night. You know 
I, you know, you, you, one works all day long, and then we start this thing up in the middle of the. It's not like the middle of the afternoon. We start this up fairly late at night. Well, okay, here's a. And, pr- here's, and I'm down. I'm down at the uh, the uh, secret studio down in Huntington Beach, and I still have to come back up into Anaheim before I can get to bed and get back to uh, Disneyland by six the next morning. So yeah, it gets to be kind of a long day. So. Well, okay, you know. You're absolutely right. See, part of our problem is because we don't plan, right? If we, yeah, we don't plan. If we knew, if we knew what we we're talking about, <laughs> we didn't have other things to discuss. You know, as soon as, as soon as we sat down and cracked the mics, we'd get started. But you know, nine nine fifteen before we, before we get going, uh, do we have to argue or try to decide what we're going to talk about? I've been up since 4.30 this morning. And then, you know, 9.30, it's 9.30, quarter till before we get started. And then add two hours, yes. You do the math, that takes you to midnight. So, uh, so it, it just gets to be a long day. Yeah, you can, you can bust my chops on it, but, you know, it does get to be a long day. And consequently, that's why I'm kind of glad I got the, uh, the new Anaheim Studios that's looking over wonderful downtown Disney. And, uh... Wait! Oh no! Darn! No fireworks tonight, so can't watch the fireworks tonight while well, I'm on the show. That would have been almost an hour ago, right? Yeah, that's a little late. But um, but yeah, it, it, it has made things a little easier and nicer up here. I do prefer being in you know in studio with either you or Greg because I just find it a lot easier and a lot nicer to be able to talk with you guys directly rather than. Um, yeah, I know you don't have to. You, uh, it's much easier but, to interact with someone when they're in the same room. But as far as losing one's hair, I'm going to tell Bobby the same thing I told my grandmother when she complained about losing the hair. Hey, if I can be bald and be 50 years old and like Patrick Stewart and Yul Brenner and Sean Connery be deemed one of the sexiest men in the world on People Magazine. So be it. <laughs> oh, there, Bobby. <laughs> I still, have, I still have my cover page to look forward to in another ten or fifteen years. Do you? <laughs> you know, you have to shave the rest of it off, then, Richard. No, no, Sean Connery and. Patrick, Patrick Stewart had that nice little fringe around the oh, side. Yeah, that's I'll, true. I'm getting down to that. So, what can I say? Anyways, all right. Um, well, on a, on a serious note, it, it's it, I, you know I do want to go back to one of the questions about having just the one park around. You know, I barely remember. Uh, you know, I grew up right around here, right next, you know, down the road from Disneyland, and we. It was really nice. Disneyland was a neat place to go to. It was very unique. We did have, you know, Knott's Berry Farm down the, you know, just a couple miles away, which is still here. Um, but I do vaguely remember when Walt Disney World was opening up. Not near as much as Greg. Greg was always the one that always liked, was looking forward to his visit, and then it just became something he, he always looked at it a lot more than I ever did. But when you just had the two parks, uh, Magic Kingdom in Florida and Disneyland out here for the longest time, it was just 
you, you didn't think of it as in you were missing anything. You just thought, oh, it was just very unique. And then, of course, Epcot got built in there, and we started actually seeing the uh, possibilities of what Florida could become because now you had Disneyland and Epcot, and within a very short time later, you started getting um, the uh, water parks being built in there. Um, the studios came in. Uh, and adding, just, adding more hotel space. Adding more hotel space. Uh, at the same time, Epcot was uh, opening up. We were opening up uh, Tokyo Disneyland. And, you know, it suddenly possibilities started becoming in there. And then when, by the time Disneyland Paris came in, it became more where you're kind of, I don't want to say you were get, kind of getting jaded, but it's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, we can do that. That's, that's no big deal, opening up another park. So... Uh, but it did give it a little bit more of a uh, unique feeling that when there was so just the two parks in the world. Not, okay. Not the 11 but, that we have now. But here here in California, quite frankly, um, I was kind of annoyed <laughs> when they started getting the construction rolling for DCA. I mean, they took away my close parking. <laughs> uh, seriously, yeah. I mean, if you came to Disneyland at the right time, you know, you can... You can park right up there by the front entrance. Holy cow. I mean, think, all right, let's think where, um, oh, say, where one of the ticket booths is right now. You could park right there and just yeah. and and jump out of your car. Yeah, um... For, it seems we, you know, again, we just celebrated the uh, eighth anniversary of California Adventure opening just a couple of weeks ago. But it's been only 10 years, but a lot of people have, don't realize, yeah, that was all parking lot literally right up to that monorail beam that sits in front of the turnstiles. That was all parking lot that went right up to that monorail beam. And you parked right up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, and it took a and it took a deft knowledge and study of flow of vehicles to creep your way up to that spot. <laughs> Spend more time and effort trying to get that spot so you don't have to walk at Disneyland. Oh my gosh! I, yeah, I still look at that. Oh boy, I, I don't want to have to walk going into Disneyland. Well, what are you going to do when you get to Disneyland? Well, I'm going to walk all over the place. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, right there. You know, pop out. Meet at the kennels, all that stuff gone for a stupid yeah, second. Yeah, it, it, it's very to the point that yeah, we, we did have a couple gate crashers. That when we referred to gate crashers, they actually drove their car through the gate at Disneyland. So, uh, oh well, right you know, at the, at the very least, they could put those uh, those concrete bollards there, you know, and keep idiots from driving up there. They have them now, but. Anyways, but yeah, it's it's just very you know it's no longer we always refer to it as the little family park there. Back in those days, uh, you had during the off season, like right now in February, you had about forty five hundred people that worked at Disneyland. Now, right now, there's over twenty thousand people working. So, it, it's definitely a very different. Uh, place than what it was even 10, 15 years well, ago when you were there 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I know. So, uh, so yeah. Even though I, I, go ahead. 
Yeah, I was going to say, even the hotel, you worked over at the Disneyland Hotel. The layout of the land is very different there. Uh, the parking is different. It's a crying shame. Close. The travel port's you, gone. Travel port Sergeant Preston's is gone. Uh, the, the giant Olympic-sized swimming pool gone. that they had. Is, is, and it, it was also uh, sunken, too. It was a sunken pool. You went down into it. Um, oh, you can't park near the towers, like not quite as close as you used to be able to. Yeah. Um, someone, someone, someone at work asked me about the mermaids, right? And so we did a quick bit of uh, research. And I came across this guy. He had, he had some photos of the mermaid tryouts at that pool. And the, yeah, that's right. I forgot and, about that. We, and, and one of the pictures was, you know, that building we are talking about that had this, the Sunoco shops in it and the sales office. That building was under construction. Right. So yeah, funny you should mention that because I uh, remember I told you we had some when uh, they redid, or I didn't want to, don't want to say they redid when they did the movie uh, the first fifty magical years. They came across a whole lot of uh, new footage that hadn't been pulled that hadn't been out of the storage camp since the day it was shot. They got a lot of the uh, a lot of people's home video or home videos, home movies, and put them onto uh, digital video. So I had an opportunity. I got a chance to see hours and hours of those videos. And yeah, some of that were the tryouts. We got to see the girls, how they had to get, it, get themselves into it, how they had to learn to be able to pull themselves out of it real quick if they needed to, uh, and the tryouts of being in the That was kind of interesting. Yeah, it was. It, it was some interesting pictures. Wasn't near as glamorous as you would, you know. You always see, oh, the mermaids, ooh, ah, but it wasn't near as glamorous for the poor girls that had to get those uh, suits on and off. No, no. Um, all right, so, yeah, so Bobby, yeah, one park wasn't actually that bad. Good parking. <laughs> Good parking. Yeah, and, 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 yeah you, didn't, you didn't know what you were, you, you didn't think you were missing anything. Oh, you didn't have to take a tram. Yeah. Well, uh, you did have to after out in the middle of uh, BFE. Yeah, yeah. Mickey. Tinkerbell. Or even before then, it was just A, B, C, D, and W. All right. So um, Richard and I have decided uh, we're going to roll on to the next one, right, Richard? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. So Richard and I decided we're going to do a, uh, um, a Mouse Buster segment, even though Greg is not with us tonight. Um, somebody sent us a bunch of questions. Which we're very grateful for, because actually some of them are really good ones, and... and uh, those I'm going to wait until Greg. Not that say they're any of them bad, but some of the really good ones I want to wait until Greg comes in because I want to hear him try to say I'm full of it, and I'll be able to zap him with my dazzling knowledge and dropping names left who I've talked to to try to get the information. All right, so we're only going to read one, maybe oh, two. Just, yeah, just the one. Okay. Um. So. Unless you want to do two. If we well, no, I don't, I'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we're, you know, we, we're, we're dedicated to finishing the show fairly quick-like. We're already 36 minutes into it, so. Ooh. What? 36 whole minutes. That's not a workout. Our first show was 22 minutes in length. Okay. Wow. So. So in honor of our first show. No. I'm just. I'm, I'm just. We're going <laughs> to drop the show and cut it by. 75%. No, no, but come on. We'll see how we'll see how this goes. 
Uh, all right. So, uh, what was I going to say? See, you distracted me. Oh, all right. So, one of our regular uh, suggestors, no, submitters, no, someone who sends us stuff, because uh, you're the Intergalactic Podcast, right? Yes. AZ Trainer calls himself Darth Vader. He sent us a bunch of mouse buster questions and then like one, two, three, four, five big show ideas, full episode ideas. And Richard wanted to talk about one of the mouse buster questions that AZ well, Trainer had sent us. Eventually. Okay, but tonight, question. tonight you want to talk about the one and his questions we deserve we told him that we would have answers. All right. So, I suppose I need to read it cuz you still don't have it in front of you, right? No, unfortunately it, it came when I Okay, so the answer is the answer is yes, Mike, I need to read it. Yes, please. Okay. Sorry. Uh okay, so he wants to know about the storage area above the Star Trader being haunted. Apparently, stock items get moved, and there are bloody handprints that also appear. So, now let me do. Let me take this opportunity to refer you to uh, previous episodes. That episode number forty-three that was released Thank in you. October of two thousand six was our first. Thank huh? Thank you. I was going to say thank you, Sherman. Into the wayback machine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, we talked about. Actually, we did a live in-show in the park episode about various hauntings type stuff at Disneyland. Uh, Ghostbuster tour, we called it. Um, show number 43. And if I was prepared, I could probably play a piece of it for you right now, but yeah. I'm not prepared. What, what it so. came down to is over, over the years, I, I've collected a lot of different stories. One of these days, I got I got two books at least, a couple books that when I no longer have to worry about getting paid by the mouse, I might have write a couple books about the mouse. But one of them, is, one of the stuff is I've collected a lot of ghost stories. And so part of that show was uh, Greg, Mike, and I went wandering through Disneyland to the different areas, and I told a lot of the different stories that, came, that had I have collected over the years. One of the stories does involve the Star Trader and the upstairs storage room up there. Okay. So, um, first of all, to answer the question legitimately, I can't prove that there's any haunting or ghost up there. If you really want to see something like that, you got to have to watch Ghost Hunters or Paranormal State or something like that on TV. Uh, um, I can only tell you the stories that are happening. So, Yes, there are stories that have happened up on the upper upper level of Star Trader. Um, I have talked to a couple of people that have said that they have seen items move, slide across the shelves, or get thrown off of a shelf. They have seen shadow figures up in that upper Star the Star Arcade or Star Arcade, the upper uh, Star Trader storage room. Um, no, I have never from anybody have ever heard of the quote-unquote bloody handprint. Um, that sounds like the old Bloody Mary joke that goes on there, or the bloody finger, I should say. <laughs> the bloody the finger. Of, I'm the ghost of the bloody finger. I'm five miles from your house. 
Uh, I've never heard of that. I've only heard of the uh, items being moved around and the shadow figures. Um, one of the interesting things that I've also found is there is an emergency exit that comes from the people mover, the old people mover, or for those of you youngins that don't know what a people mover is, this would be the old rocket rod track that goes through that area. Um, <laughs> there's an emergency, yeah. You say people mover, well, I have no clue what you're talking about. It's a rocket rod track. That's just wrong. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, there's an emergency exit that goes into that stock room right there on the upper floor. And, you know, I've, I've, I've walked the track numerous times, and I've taken people up through that, and it's a very uneasy feeling you get in there. Uh, part of it is just the layout that it is. Um, it is dark. There are no lights up in there except for some very, very, very dim fluorescents that have not changed out since the attraction closed. Um, so it's very dark, very surreal atmosphere, and it's sloped. It, it, you, you have no reference points. You can't see out. It's, a, it's an enclosed tunnel. All the windows have been uh, boarded up. It's, it's completely enclosed, so there's no outside reference po points, and it's sloped. So if any of you have ever been into like one of those haunted shack attractions, not Sperry Farm used to have one. Where it's really it's, steep and makes it look yeah, like things are rolling uphill and stuff like that. Exactly, because it changes, it, it, it really screws with your perspective on things, your uh, perception, I should say, on things. So, as you're going up this hill or down, or whichever the case may be, you're really skewed on where things are, and it's a very uneasy feeling. So, part of it's just a spooky area, but I've always found it to be a very uneasy feeling there, almost a threatening feeling walking through that area. Why? I have no clue. I've looked through the area, in fact, just before, um, when we were first talking about this, I double-checked going through the uh, death at Disneyland list of all the horrible places people have died. And there's never been anything in that particular area of the track. The, uh, the two unfortunate incidents that have happened, one was in the old super speed tunnel, which is up where Interventions is now. And the other one, if I remember correctly, is over uh, somewhere in the area around... Uh, the Utopia and uh, Monorail area in the back area where the people over track used to go back that way. But nothing's been in this particular area. So I don't know where it came, comes from. I don't know, you know, and again, it's a ghost story. So can I say it's true? I've never experienced anything except the uneasy feeling. But like I said, it's kind of just a surreal spot to be in in the first place. Well, um, yeah, we did our Halloween, that Halloween show. We were sitting outside at that little snack where they sell the fruits, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and a place used to be the lunching pad. I don't know what they call it now. Um, Tomorrow landing. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so, you know, we sat there and we recorded. Sells yeah. hats, plush, toy phasers, plastic communicators, and anything else we can think of. Oh, sorry, I'm That's, going back to start. That's Jedi stuff. It sells Jedi stuff, doesn't it? Uh, no, not really. It's, it's mostly hats. The Jedi stuff's the cart across the street over there by uh, Interventions. Oh, anyway, so... Um, yeah, so if you listen to 
episode number 43. And actually, if you go to micecast.com and uh, down on the right side, click on October of 2006, uh, I've updated that entry so you can stream or play the episode right there if you wanted to without having to you know, re-download to your iPod or whatever. Um, but one of the highlights... <laughs> it just reminded me, one of the highlights of that uh, recording session was... <laughs> Letting fly. Are you talking bit. about the evil spirits that were released <laughs> yeah. that night? Yes. <laughs> what happens when you have chili and too much soda and the evil spirits that are released? Oh man, that sound bounced off that bench so hard. <laughs> oh, so yeah, somewhere at some point there, you'll hear you'll hear something like a barking spider or someone stepping on a duck or something. <laughs> I'm telling you, evil spirits are among us. That, so well, a good night, that, overnight. That's where <laughs> we were talking about. Actually, we were over by the police station. We we're talking about a different kind of a ghost story there. Um, all right, so the <laughs> the uh, <laughs> so the question about the so the one you personally have not seen bloody handprints. No. You, uh, no I- well, no one has. No one. Uh, the people I've talked, I've talked to people that have had firsthand experience. Uh, in fact, I've talked to one person, that, a couple people, not just one. There's two that I've talked to. They won't go up into that area anymore. They 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 are that much, that fearful of going up in there. But all they've ever reported is they have had stuff uh, thrown off shelves. And they've had they've seen shadow figures up in that area, but they haven't. No, no bloody handprints. Okay. And the reason it's haunted, right? And but the reason people think it's haunted is because death has occurred around there, not in there. And, yeah, the, the story was that it's that uh, it was somebody died on the people, or this. I, I'll back up. One of the stories, because uh, there, there's all sorts of stories on everything, but one of the stories that came out was that somebody died on the people mover, and this is where they carried the body out, was through this emergency exit, and the spirit just stayed behind. But I looked, like I said, I, even I double-checked it, because I don't ever remember, in fact, this website has said it only showed two deaths on the people mover, and I kind of tend to remember three. Um but none of those deaths ever happened in anywhere near that particular area of the track. And where the uh, incidents took place, the people would have been taken off of different areas. It would have, nothing ever re- remotely was near um, that area of the people mover track. And, for, and to be quite honest, um, that section of people mover track and that shop never existed prior to 1970, this is where Greg's going to get on, ride my case on this one because I'm, he's going to correct me down to the month. Um, prior to 1976-77, that whole section of track and uh, shop area never existed because, well, Space Mountain didn't exist. And even though there was a store trader shop, all that upstairs and everything else was all was all added when they built into the Starcade and they built the Space Mountain complex. Okay, so that makes sense. So you know, I don't know 
Yeah, when I collect these stories, I always try to find out well where was the source material? Why, why? If you truly do have a haunting of some sort there, why is it there? I can't find any reason of why anything would be there. So. Okay. All right. So, uh, so the 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 mouse myth as presented to us is no bloody hamperts. No bloody hamperts. Uh, although there is a story. Well, hang on a second. Well, let, all right, let me go through the three. Okay, stock items have been moved. People have reported that, and right. and while no one will come out and say it's haunted, it just doesn't feel comfortable to be there. Right. Okay. So, like I said, you know, how can you say that the myth is there? Well, hauntings are a myth. That's why it's kind of you know, kind of hard to say. I can't say that anything's going on there, but uh, there are stories that go around there. So. Okay. Um, okay. So, well, there, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, I, I, you know that. I, well, it's not busted and not proved, and it's not plausible. What's the other? Po- yeah, I, I, you know, I just, I, I don't like. Yeah, you know, you're you're going from MythBusters onto. I don't want to continue building onto a something that. I can't, you know, it, it, there's no hardcore, nothing that I can physically, quite literally touch. Like, uh, what was the one we did last week where, uh, well, like the basketball court routine up in, uh, in, uh, the Matterhorn. I can say, yes, there's a basketball hoop up there. No, it has nothing to do with, uh, needing a sports facility. That was the break room for the mountain climbers. That's why it ended up being there. I can say that with, you know, Absolute assurance onto that one. When you're going into a ghost story, what am I going to say? Oh, yeah, there's a haunting. Well, if I no. said that, that, <laughs> the, that would be the first time in history that you can actually say, yep, that, there's a haunting. No. <laughs> the hauntings themselves are mythic in proportion. So. Although Greg might disagree with that one, too. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. No, there's only three outcomes of MythBusters: busted, plausible, and confirmed. And okay. we need to add a fourth one for our personal use because, I mean, yeah, you can't prove or disprove hauntings, can you? Right. Okay. Well, I can. Oh, well, I can disprove one. What the bloody hand? I, I told you the the uh, haunted uh, train tunnel, right? Okay, the train. Yeah, because the the guy died before that room was built. Well, no, I'm, ta- I'm, ta- I'm talking about the uh, the uh, train tunnel story of the uh, haunted dioramas. We, we talked about that during that same October show, where the story is that as you walk through the dioramas, you'll hear footsteps following you, and you'll stop, and you'll still hear the footsteps coming up to closer to you, and they'll stop. And even though the only animation that is in the dioramas is in the primeval world you go walking through the the, uh, diorama of Grand Canyon the creatures will watch you they will move and turn their heads and watch you as you go through that diorama and the whole story came back from a few years quite a number of years ago now Um, they were getting a bunch of brand new cast members and I mean brand new they weren't 
they were fresh off the street. They had just gone through the training. Unlike a lot of times where you'll have cast members transfer from other areas, these were brand new kids that were going on to the trains. So they built up these stories to uh, let them start circulating as these kids were getting ready to be, get trained on the trains. And they would tell them, okay, you need to go do a track, you know, track check or walk through the dioramas. Well, the dioramas are not straight. They are actually curved, and you got these big, huge block walls on the on the opposite side of the track from the diorama. So you got this nice, big curved surface that's about the size of a couple football fields. So as you're walking down the gravel, you will pick up an echo that takes almost you know half a football field or longer to go down and then bounce back at you. So when you stop, you will continue to hear the echo for a few more moments before it stops. And when you're walking through those dioramas of the Grand Canyon, anyone could tell you, you don't even need effects like the Haunted Mansion. You look at something long enough, your mind will play tricks. You'll swear that something's looking at you. You'll swear that a picture will turn and look at you. And they set this whole thing up just to scare these kids. So there is no haunted train. There is no haunted diorama. The story was built up just to scare the kids, and then they sort of put their little hazing through, and then they would send the kids one at a time through the tunnels to go do a track check in the morning and see if they're running out the other end of the track or if they could even make it all the way through the dioramas because that's a good long hike going through the dioramas. And then afterwards, after that summer, the stories kind of took their own life to where you have people swearing up and down. They're taking ghost pictures inside the dioramas. <laughs> well, what's happening is they're using up. flashes, and the flash is hitting the window of the diorama and bouncing back. Oh, and yeah, yeah, okay. Up and down, they're getting ghost pictures. So, but yeah, it's, it's kind of taken on its own life. Interesting. Anyways. So that was a nice long story there. Okay. Um, what else did I want to? Uh, well, uh, unless you unless you want to hit the other, um, do you want to talk about uh, the uh, one haunted mansion story there? No, because I have no, I have no, I have no frame of reference. But I do. Okay. Uh, there's one here about the. Uh, the, the smell on Main Street that I know for a fact is false. Okay, what's 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 the what's the question? There really is no we'll, smell, huh? We'll, we'll, for tonight, we'll do a second mouse bus because this is quick. <laughs> this is quick. <laughs> this is okay. quick. The question is: There really is no smell from the baker on Main Street, and it smells generated by an air freshener type of system, which. I think he's saying that the smells are fake smells, like from a well, an air freshener. They're false candy scented smells or whatever. Um, well, what's ye? Huh? And what say ye? I say Mark? that's BS. I say that's 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 not true. They it is a the vents are right there underneath the window where the guy makes the candy for you to watch. And you're absolutely. Wrong. It is a smellerator. What? Um, yeah. It's actually not the bakery. It is the candy shop. Um, yeah, you got the vents right underneath there, but the vents aren't connected to that room. What the vents are connected to is they got a couple pans that they pour some vanilla in. The vanilla, the vanilla is heated up, and then they have a little fan that blows the vanilla smell out. 
it's a it's a smell raider on Main Street. They did a similar thing over in California Adventure. So in my opinion, it doesn't work that oh, well. Oh, about the so, coffee, the burnt coffee smell. Uh, the burnt coffee smell. It's supposed to be the fresh coffee smell right there near uh, Burbank Ice Cream. Oh my Magic. gosh! No, it's it's a smell of burnt coffee and burnt sugar. Yeah, it smells burnt coffee and to me. But yeah, it's a smell raider on Main Street. And there's been oh, there crap. you can right window and it's some vanilla in a pan. That pisses me off. And the gentleman, the, the one of the main cast members that if you if you go down there, his name is Rob, he's a good friend of mine. Um, he's the number one candy maker there. Uh, yeah. Uh, every few about once a week I think it is, he pours a little bit more vanilla in there just to top it off and that's all it is. That pisses me off. That that <laughs> on your cast member friggin' uh, orientation tour, they take you down Main Street and they point out those vents. And say yep. they're pumping the smell what in they, the street. What Ugh. did they tell you? Huh? What did they tell you about the vents? That it's there. To, it's there to pump the smell into the street. And that's exactly what it's there for. Yeah, but it's the smell of whatever they're making. Do you no, see the guy making in there? Not only do you, not only do you get to watch him make it, but you can smell what he's making right here. Yeah, it's no, it's vanilla. They they just heat up some vanilla in there, and you just smell vanilla, heated vanilla. That's it. Now here's a trivial note: Where else did we have vents in Disneyland that actually added to the atmosphere of Disneyland? We're talking about Disneyland Park, so making smells. No, it's not. In this case, it has nothing to do with smells, but it still adds to the atmosphere of the park. Vents. Vince. Greg well, would take this one out right away. Well, shoot, there could be anything. No, this, this is... Uh, uh, it's the it's actually in New Orleans Square. Are you talking about those grates underneath the... Uh, underneath the street area by the river? No, not by the river. Actually, as you go up Royal Street and Orleans Street in New Orleans Square proper, you'll see Vince in the building wall down next to the ground. Now, the vents are there. It does look very much like New Orleans. That's that's typical of the design that you'll see, you know, in, uh, uh, oh, what's the old part of New Orleans French called? Quarter. The French Quarter. Yeah. It's typical of what you'll find in the French Quarter. But originally, and for the first couple of years, those vents in the evening pumped out fog. Oh, so that it okay. Fog. And they did that, and then they decided that it probably wasn't the best thing to do because it could lead to suddenly people got a little bit more safety conscious, and more importantly, they got a little bit more litigious conscious and didn't want to get sued by somebody, so they stopped putting the fog out on the street. Gotcha. But, um, but yeah, that, those events were there for uh, adding fog to New Orleans Square. I don't remember that, but um, sure. Yeah, neither do I. All right. All right, so there's our Mouse Buster segment. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that works for me. I okay. like that. All right. Uh, what kind of wrap-up stuff do we need to talk about? Um, yeah, West Fest still. West Fest is coming. Um, we're trying to cook up. Now, way back sometime last year, Richard had used the phrase DF Wings. The phrase was, yes. before we go earn our DF wings here, and, yes. you know, earning DF wings was uh, something that, you know, if you... 
you might want or you, you might not want. Well, you proved yourself to be a, a DF yeah. by, you know, like we've talked about, we've had a whole show about things we'd go DF over, but, you know, that kind of a thing. And so that little phrase stuck in my head, and ever since then we've been trying to come up with um, making some MiceCast DF wings. And we're, we're rolling with it, and maybe by the time WestFest comes we'll be able to unveil them. Maybe even issue a few if you're a major DF. We can yeah. give you some DF wings. <laughs> um, so yeah, WestFest is coming. Uh, you know how to get a hold of us. You know how to leave feedback for us. Uh, I do encourage you, please, to give micecast.com a look over, another once over. It's been seriously changed in the last couple of weeks. Um, <clears throat> slowly working to where you can stream each and every episode from there if if they're no longer available on your iPod or you know download them directly. But if you want to give a that quick might- listen, you can go there and fire it up. Well, I was going to say, that way, instead of listening to it on your iPod at work, you can actually download it and listen to it at work at work. Yeah, so that you're, on your you computer. You can share it with everybody else in your cubicle That's space, true. and your boss, boss can listen to it as he walks by, too. So, there you go. Um, and the videos will also be uh, encapsulated in there. The, last, the, the more recent ones are, I have to go grab the older ones from their storage location. But anyway, so go check it out. Um, there's places on MiceCast.com, by the way, to leave comments for the shows if you're more comfortable leaving them there as opposed to going to the DPN and signing up there or whatever. Um, I so, Hey, yeah. one boat. Huh. What? <laughs> I was going to say, go on both. Go to the DPN. and To the DPN forums and then come to MiceCast to leave the same comment. Sure. That's as much yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, or, you know, if you really want to do this, you can kind of just highlight, cut, cut and paste. paste. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, go check it out. Um, leave feedback wherever you feel comfortable. iTunes, DPN. Send email. Uh, if there's any more Mouse Buster segments you want us to look at, send them in because, you know, that uh, that that pile of requests is you know, filling up fast. And or for that matter, even show ideas because yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have a list, but um, unfortunately, um, we haven't been able to get to all of them, and some of them are starting to lose some of their their topicalness. Is that the right phrase? How about it? losing their validity? No, not validity. Uh, not validity. They're they're losing their currentness. Yeah, they, they, they were there were questions on current things that were happening in Disney, like Pleasure Island. Yeah, we we beat Pleasure Island though pretty good. We got yeah, we, the, we did we did beat that pretty. We we answered pretty much anything that, as far as we could answer, on there. Being here on the left coast instead of the right coast is kind of hard to talk. No, 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 no. There's no guarantee that that's the right coast. East coast, no, west we coast, are, stick with it. But, but we're on the left coast. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, anything else we need to? Uh, Hey, no. Okay, let me ask you a question, Richard. Okay. Every episode, somebody says something that makes me think of what you know a, a, an appropriate, not appropriate, but you know a related song or the closing music is usually somehow tied to something we've mentioned in the show before. Yes. Okay. 
this show, nothing's jumped out. No, 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 no. That would be too pedestrian. That's too pedestrian, oh. too predictable. Sometimes I go that way. Sometimes I go less that way. I like to try to strike a balance. And if I've already used the song, which I believe I've used Small World Holiday already once for something, um, I try not to revisit it. So <clears throat> uh, my question stands. What about Ray Parker Jr.? I thought of that. I thought that that uh, that one came to mind. Or uh, Mystery Man and the Spleen. <laughs> There's music for, for that. All of you that are wondering what these obscure no, references no. are, you're gonna have to go find out, aren't you? There's music for that. There's music for well, because they do talk about the different characters. I think in the Mystery Men theme, but I'd have to go back and watch the movie. Okay, the spleen. All right, Um, I'll have to see if there's Mystery Men music (laughs) or or something thereabouts. I mean, maybe the spleen did his own song on something. Okay, thank you. All right, don't give it any more. (laughs) Don't. Let them go. Hit, let them go. Hit Google now for the spleen from Mystery Men. Um, awesome idea. Okay. All right. So, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, this is this is truly old school mice gas because you know, we're like I, we're right I, 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 I feel right like at an hour. <laughs> I feel like I'm 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 on the couch and you're Doctor Phil right now. I know there's there's nothing I can really talk about right now. All right. Good. So, feel very oh, we need to congratulate uh, Pixar Animation on their best animation for Wally. That was such a good movie. That was good, and I, you know, I gotta say I enjoyed the Oscars. Uh, brand new producer team, brand new director on the Oscars. Um, I had had my concerns, but I think they did a, a good job. I enjoyed the show. I, I thought it was pretty good. I did not get to watch the Oscars this year. Well, that's a shame because you missed a good show. I, I I had fun with it. Uh, okay, well, I was I was somewhere else. I was out of town. I was not near a television. So I heard where you were. Yeah, yeah. We no, we're not going to. We're not going to talk we'll, about that. We'll, we'll raise you over the coals later on about that, Mister. Yeah, some uh, offline. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I heard the slum dog, you know, got all the stuff they expected. Heath Ledger got what was expected. Um, the only, the second posthumous Oscar. Yeah. Who's the first? Peter Finch network. Oh yeah. But the difference being, this is the interesting thing. Peter Finch passed away literally weeks prior to the Oscar. The voting had already been done. Okay. So and he had been done when he was still alive. And Heath Ledger passed away like almost a year ago. Over a year ago, because uh, that when they did the yeah the memoriam for the actors and uh, other production folks that have passed away, he wasn't included because he was included in last, last year's. Yeah. I gotta say that was an awesome uh, uh, when they did uh, the memoriam filming because they started off with uh, Queen Latifah singing I'll Be Seeing You. Huh. 
and she sang a very elongated version of that song while they put all the pictures up. That was very effective. I thought that was great. But, anyways. Okay, so you've got to say your piece about the Oscars. You got anything else in there before I no, before no. I try to shut it down? No, I'm going to say good night. Okay, well then, uh, good night.